Don't take chances. If a drug didn't come from a pharmacy directly to you, you can test for fentanyl by using a simple strip you can pick up at your local pharmacy. Don't take it until you test it, because fentanyl can be hiding anywhere. Fentanyl, it could be hiding anywhere, including in your house, including in your medicine cabinet, or maybe at a friend's house when you're hanging out, playing games, and get offered a pill. Don't take chances. If a drug didn't come from a pharmacy directly to you, you can find fentanyl using a simple strip you can pick up at your local pharmacy. Don't take it until you test it, because fentanyl can be hiding anywhere. Brought to you by the Georgia Department of Behavioral Health and Mental Disabilities. Many of us, many of you don't know what the heck is going on in the world. What is all this commotion about? I'm lost. I don't know what's going on. You need somebody to sit next to you, to sit right next to you in that movie theater. It's like when you go and watch a movie that you really like, but you're completely lost. Have you ever been in a movie like that? I'm here to be your guide. Is what's going on? What's happening in my life in this world? Where are we? Why is all this commotion happening? Today we're going to be talking about vocabulary and a brief introduction of themes and definitions so that you can get an understanding of what the hell is going on and dig a little deeper. First, let's find this next one. And in that day shall be heard of wars and rumors of wars, and the whole earth shall be in commotion, and men's hearts shall fail them. And they shall say that Christ delayeth his coming until the end of the earth. And the love of men shall wax cold, and iniquity shall abound. But they receive it not, for they perceive not the light, and they turn their hearts from the from me because of the precepts of men. And what do they turn their hearts from? But when the time of the Gentiles is come in, and a light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be fulfilled that it is a fullness of my gospel. In other words, we have right now a time that the time of the Gentiles is coming to an end. The time of the reign of the Gentiles and the Gentile nations are coming in and we can all say well is it a time that wars that famines that plagues are upon the earth right now is it a time when man's hearts are failing them is it a time when we are in political upheaval and the answer is yes to all of the above definitely we are in a time a time of bondage, a time of uh, increase, uh, chaos in the world. And so the time of tribulation is upon us. And let me start just with a couple of words that I'd like to present to you so that we can present the plainness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The words that I'm going to be using today, one of the words is saints. And the saints are the people of God. In other words, the people that Heavenly Father 
uh, has called as members, covenant members of Israel. Another of the vocabulary words that I'm going to be saying today is Israel. Israel, the word Israel is a two-tone uh, you know, connotation, which means both the children that are born in the blood of Israel, or rather the 12 tribes that come under the blood of Israel, and not only the 12 tribes, but the son, sons of Ishmael as well, but more specifically, and a more correct translation of that would be covenant Israel. Now, covenant Israel is Israel that has made covenants and promises to the Lord, uh, the Lord your God, the Lord our Creator. And so there's a difference between covenant Israel and just the word Israel itself, which means to acknowledge God or to put God in all things or to give it over unto God, uh, the definition of Israel, one of the definitions of Israel. And so at that point you have uh, the saints of God, covenant Israel, and Israel. You also have um, what is called the... Um, Desolation. And desolation is a word where you have troubles on the earth, um, having uh, all things in commotion, all things that are in, in whirling commotion. I'm also going to talk about the scriptures. Scriptures are uh, sacred books that God gives to men on the earth, and these men are called... Another word, prophets. Now, prophets are not just men that prophesy, but the kind of prophets that I'm talking about get to see the face of God and get to talk to God face to face. So these guys are not just prophets, but they are seers and revelators. They get to see the face of God and they get to talk to God. Now that I've gone through a little bit of preliminary uh, preliminary words for you to capture the meaning of all this, I'm going to add more words as we go along. But it is very hard, very hard to come up from an angle that you only have one interpretation or one source of doctrine, which is the Bible. Now, the Bible is the Word of God, but we are definitely in a time of turmoil, and the Bible has been interpreted many, 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 many ways. And so to be able to interpret the last days, or even to be able to be in a heading, and heading in the right direction where you ought to be heading, you have to have a lot more sources than just the plain Bible itself. You have to have many sources of Scripture. And those sources of scripture can be in different forms. First of all, you have the written word. And that's the kind of word that prophets receive and write down. Second, you have the Holy Ghost that interprets the word of God in your heart and converts you. Of course, you have the word of God directly through his prophets. Now, the written word there are many, many sources of gospel written word. These include the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, the Pearl of Great Price, the New and Old Testament, and the modern prophet's words. 
Those are the sources of scripture that you have in order to make sense of everything that's happening in the world today. Now, if we take some of these words and combine them as a puzzle and put them all together, then these words of God become whole in your mind and you can have a place to take off from them and understand what is happening. Now, what is happening in the world? Ask yourself that. Not many people understand what is happening. But the good news is that everything that has happened has been prophesied. And I'm talking about everything. It says in Amos, in the book of Amos 3.7, it says that I, God, will do nothing save I reveal, save I reveal to my prophets. So, first... Heavenly Father will reveal his words to the prophets and then he will come down and do whatever it is that he says he's going to do. So we have to ask, well, where? Where are the events that we see right now unfolding in this nation and in the world? Where are the events coming from? Because I don't find them specifically in the Bible. Well, many places in the Bible have the answer of what's happening today. But so do the Doctrine and Covenants, and so do the Book of Mormon. And if we get these things combined, we take it as a puzzle that fits together and lets us know, as well as the revelations of prophets, of modern-day prophets. And this is a, a, a very important term, so I'm going to write it down here. You see, God hasn't left us to our own interpretation, but continues to give us men that are prophets these days, and not only prophets, but seers and revelators. And they can let us know what is going on in the world. For instance, one thing that's going on now is that we have a virus and a viral epidemic. We have uh, a bunch of problems politically in the world, uh, including the political problems that are happening in the United States. And so we ask ourselves, has that been prophesied before? We have an account of that in the Book of Mormon where we have a certain number of men called king men that wanted to take the government by conspiracy. And we have a group of men called the free men that also came around and decided that they would fight for freedom. Now, as each two factions combined and fought together, what happened from behind is that all of a sudden there was an invasion by a different group called the Lamanites, that took over and invaded the country, the original country of the free men and the king men. And in that revolution, the government was abolished and freedoms were taken and the government was um, mostly destroyed. And the groups fell into little factions. So we have events in the past, both in the Doctrine and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price, Book of Mormon, and the Bible, that tell us what is happening today. This is an invitation. It is definitely the day of tribulation. Now the day of tribulation is another key word that I'd like to put in here, because what you see before you with wars, rumors of wars, uh, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes that will be coming very shortly. All this stuff 
is what's called tribulation. And the world is no longer with any peace. Peace has been taken from the earth. There are mobs. There are riots. And there is all sorts, all sorts of horrible, horrible living upon the earth. Now, I'd like to go back to a scripture that tells us a little bit about them. That scripture is found in Luke 21. And it talks about uh, a generation that's happening right now. It says that likewise when you see these things come to pass in verse 31 of Luke 21. You know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say to you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Talking about the generation that is currently uh, currently happening now. But in verse 34, it goes on to say, And take heed to yourselves, lest any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. Now I mark that scripture there because... Surfeiting is what's important here. It says, during those days of commotion, if you read chapter 21, Luke 21, which is is like Matthew 24, about the end of the world, it talks about the things that are happening now in the world. The riots, like you see behind me, the upheavals, the, the, the problems in life that we have right now, the viruses, etc. And what happens there is it tells you in verse 34, to take heed at this time, lest you get overcharged or overcome, in other words, with surfeiting. Now, what is surfeiting? Because that's important, right? What is what is this surfeiting? Where the word surfeiting is rioting and reviling, or in the Greek translation, debauchery. And what is debauchery in the Oxford Dictionary? but uh, all matter of sexual indulgences. And so, when, when the Lord tells you that if you're involved in surfeiting, the word surfeiting, it means that you will be involved in three things, right? You will be involved in rioting, which we have a lot of riots today, don't we? You will be involved in reviling, which we have a lot of people just screaming out at each other, about different subjects, political subjects, uh, and and just politically correct subjects, and we have a lot of, of 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 looting, and we have a lot of debauchery. Number three, which debauchery again is giving into the sensual pleasures. In other words, not only the drunkenness that it states in verse thirty-four, but the um, lavishness, the the sensual sins. Uh, homosexuality or just heterosexuality for that matter, but just involving yourselves in those things. So again, uh, rioting, reviling, debauchery, which includes the sexual sins and drunkenness, and debauchery also, also means, in the Oxford Dictionary, it also means drug taking or participating in drugs. And so when you take all these things together, and you're taking the drugs and the and, and participating in the sexual sin, but also being involved in these nasty things of the world, then you have a state that is being talked about in Luke of what is happening at the end of the world. So 
the end of the world, or rather the, um, not the complete end, but the beginning of the tribulations, which is what we have right now. I'm going to put that down for you right there, the beginning of tribulations. That is what we have right now. Now, what is the beginning of the tribulations? The beginning of the tribulations is what you see before you. Governments taking over and, uh, you know, sending out viruses, making you lose your rights. Uh, a whole bunch of problems with the presidencies, with the voting, uh, with being able to, to, to have any peace in the world. And so those tribulations, this is just the beginning. What is the next step to the tribulations? are the tribulations that happen when the saints of God get persecuted. And so pretty soon you're going to have a, uh, a more difficult situation when the saints themselves become persecuted by God. Uh, that's happening very shortly, by the way. What is happening now is there is a gathering, a literal gathering happening for the last time of Israel. Remember I said covenant Israel, and that's what I'm talking about. Not just Israel, but like it said in Doctrine and Covenants, that fits right along with chapter 21 of Luke. When that time comes, in other words, the time of the Gentile has come in, in other words, the time of the Gentile is over. Don't take chances. If a drug didn't come from a pharmacy directly to you, you can test for fentanyl by using a simple strip you can pick up at your local pharmacy. Don't take it until you test it, because fentanyl can be hiding anywhere. At Kroger, we want our fresh produce to meet your expectations, which is why we're dedicated to doing up to a 27-point inspection on our fruits and veggies, checking for things like scarring. In fact, only the best produce, like zesty oranges and crisp carrots, reach our shelves. Because when it comes to fresh, our higher standards mean fresher produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone time of their reign, a light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be the fullness of my gospel. And so the gospel right now is the gathering of Israel, and it is being gathered for the last time, but they receiving not, meaning the world, meaning the people that are out there will not receive this last and final warning. Because they perceive not the light, and they turn their hearts from me because of the precepts of men. And what are the precepts of men? The precepts of men are that you shall not find good to be good. You should find good to be evil. You shall not be believe in prophets. You shall not believe in modern day prophets. And you certainly shouldn't look for truth in other sources like the Holy Ghost. But you should only believe in somebody that tries to interpret the Bible and tell you incorrect doctrine. That's what the words and the precepts of, of men are telling you to do right now. That is why this scripture will be fulfilled that says, but they perceive not the light. So they're not going to receive the gospel and they turn their hearts from me because of the precepts of men. So I hope you are not somebody that is not ready to receive this last gathering of Israel. I ask you to listen to a few things. I'm going to say something right here, which is called the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost 
is the way that you can find truth. Because, as you know, the, the scriptures predict a lot of false prophets. A lot of false prophets, a lot of false teachers. And where are these false teachers and false prophets? They're all over the place. So how do you find a, a right source? Something that leads you to the path. You find that right source through the Holy Ghost. What is the Holy Ghost? Well, the definition of the Holy Ghost, and this is what I'm going to ask you to pay attention to here, and hopefully I have the Holy Ghost today. And, and this is what we're going to test in this case, because again, I'm not, a, uh, I'm not a missionary, but I am somebody endowed with the priesthood of God. And I am not a false prophet, but actually a true follower of Jesus Christ and have the true priesthood and the true gospel. And I can lead you in the right direction. So, how do you know if what I'm saying is true? Well, hopefully, if I have the Holy Ghost today, and hopefully if what I'm saying is true, you will feel something inside of you. And so this is where I begin to say, well, I'm going to give you the basics of the gospel of Jesus Christ because these basics are essential for your salvation. And salvation is what another word that we're going to be talking about today. Salvation is including being able to be in God's presence and live with Heavenly Father with your family for the rest of time and eternity. So that is what we're going to define as salvation. We're going to define the term loosely as if you're a beginner, and we're going to say that salvation includes you, your family, and the people that you love being around you for eternity. For eternity and to be in the presence of God. And so we begin our lesson with the principles of the gospel. And now when I say principles, I mean those things that are primary instructions of how to get back to heaven, how to live with your father in heaven. So let's begin with that. Principle one, God the Father. God the Father is the Father of all. He is your Father. He is my Father. He is the Father of Muslims. He is the Father of Jews. He is the Father of Evangelists. He is the Father of Buddhists. He is the Father of the whole human race. He is the Father of Spirits. Or the Father of Lights. He is God, the Eternal Father. He is your Father, and He is my Father. Where does He live? At any time you want to ask a question about any of the precepts I'm telling you here, you can ask a question right there on our live chat. But let's continue with this. So, who is the Father of Lights? He is God. He is part of what is known as the Trinity. He is the head of the Trinity, or the Father, the Father of all creation. In other words, He is your Father, I am His Son, and you are His son or daughter. We are all brothers and sisters. We live on a planet that He has created, or rather commissioned to create, by His Son. Since we are all brothers and sisters, we all share similar attributes. 
He loves us, and we all have the potential to be like him and live with him one day. Isn't it wonderful? Can't you give thanks to know that you are a spirit child of God? Literally. I'm not talking figuratively. I'm not talking because he created you out of some powder from the earth, which he did. But I'm talking literally your spirit, the essence that is inside of you, the thing that will never, ever disappear, which is your spirit, is actually a descendant, a literal offspring of the God of heaven. It is wonderful. I give thanks to know that I am a literal son of Jesus Christ. I mean, (laughs) forgive me, uh, a literal son of God the Father. And Jesus Christ is also a son of God the Father. Now, I made a faux pas there, so you might want to know, and you might want to ask, well, what does that mean? Isn't Jesus Christ the Father? You might say that Jesus Christ is the Father of creation, yes, because he, under the direction of his Father, created all things. But Jesus Christ is a son of God, just like you and I are. He is a spirit child of God, as well as you and I. So he is literally your brother, your older brother, because he is the firstborn of the Father. Now, he is also the only son of God that has ever been born a son in the flesh. In other words, he is the only begotten. Now, you might have heard that word before, only begotten. What that means is that God the Father is literally not only the spirit father of Jesus Christ, but he is also the physical father of Jesus Christ. Not Joseph, but God is the father. Joseph would be the stepfather or the surrogate father that kept watch over Jesus Christ on earth. But of course, God the Father also kept watch over Jesus Christ on earth and took direct parenthood over Jesus Christ while he was here on earth. So you can say that Jesus Christ is the only begotten because he is literally the only son of God in the flesh, which makes him unique. But we are all sons and daughters of God in the spirit. Now, what is a spirit and a body? A spirit is the essence inside of you. A spirit is like your body, but it is intangible. And you were made in the image of God as a spirit before you were made as an image of God in the flesh. You were born to your earthly parents and received a body. The reason to be receiving a body is to clothe your spirit with a outer shell or something that covers your spirit. Kind of like a glove covers your hand. If you put a a glove on your hand, you might say that the glove itself would be like, um, like your body. And the spirit would be the inside. Spirit would be the inside. So, let me position this because it's going a little wacky here. Okay, very good. Very good. I think we fixed the problem. Now, we are talking about the body and the spirit. 
So, Jesus Christ, being the only begotten of the Father, means that he is unique. He is half God, or was half God, I'm sorry, when he was born, and half human, because he inherited both the qualities of Godhood from his father, God, and half his qualities from his mother, Mary. Mortality, which means he was an immortal being and a mortal being at the same time, meaning he could live forever and also die. That's going to be important later on in one of our later lessons. But let's continue with this. So far, how does it make you feel, or do you give thanks to know that God is your father and Jesus Christ is your older brother? That makes it more personal to me. That makes it familiar. That makes it family. And that's what it's all about here. The plan of salvation, which I'm going to put down right here, that Heavenly Father authored, or God authored, is a plan for you and me to be an eternal family. That means it's a plan for me and you to reunite with our Father back in heaven and live there forever, with our families. To make an extended family with all our brothers and sisters, as many as can come back, and be united in happiness forever. And the author of this plan, the King of the universe himself, Heavenly Father, the God of all the universe. And who better to execute this plan than his Son, Jesus Christ, the creator of this universe. And so God sent down his beloved Son to execute this plan to what is called the Atonement. Now the Atonement is the payment for something that you and I do, called sin. Because when we come down to this earth, we were going to have these fleshy bodies that were going to entice us to do the carnal, devilish things. Like what's happening today in the world, right? Uh, the world is going after sensuality, after sin, after all matter of grossness, right? And so these things, these things that we're talking about are exactly what sin is. And what Jesus Christ came forth to atone. So the whole plan of salvation is for Jesus Christ to come down and redeem us from sin. On condition that we repent. And also on second condition that we follow him. In other words, he takes our sin upon him if we do one. Apologize and two follow his commandments and his new law. This is what is called the new covenant. And so you begin to understand the scriptures and their terminology a little bit. Repenting and following him is a new covenant because, of course, we break the commandments of God. Those come from God, the Father, and because of our devilish and fallen way, we no longer qualify by ourselves to inherit the kingdom of God. And so we become fallen. But a new covenant through the blood of Jesus Christ comes in as a new contract or covenant that says that if we, on conditions of repentance, follow him, in other words, take upon us the new law, then we may be freed from the consequences of sin. 
And what are the consequences of sin? Everlasting damnation. And the word everlasting damnation, the hell, the fire, the brimstone, simply means that you may no longer progress, you may no longer be in the presence of God, the Father, and the Son, Jesus Christ, and your family, and progress forever. So that is called everlasting happiness. That's what the plan is all about, salvation. So, now that we have a new covenant, remember there is a broken law that is brought about by sin. And we all become subjects of that because of the fall of Adam in the Garden of Eden, as you know. And so, because of the fall of Adam, we all become subject to a broken law and sin. And there needs to be a new law or a new covenant that redeems us from that old law that says that if we sin, we go to hell. So, in other words... Are we worthy to enter the presence of God as fallen sinners? No, we are not. Are we worthy to enter the presence of God if somebody pays for our sins? And there is a payment made. But not just a payment made, but really an overpayment. Because not only is the sin paid in full... But it is paid to such an extent that justice is satisfied. Now that word justice is important because justice is an internal principle or an eternal law that God cannot break. If God were to break these principles, these universal laws... He would not be just, he would not be good, and he would not be God. But he doesn't break those laws because he's perfect, he's good, he's just, and he's merciful. So, he cannot break justice, but certainly he can provide mercy. And by providing mercy, he allows justice or the payment of sin to be done. And I was talking about the payment of sin... And the payment of suffering. And who pays for that sin? Who pays for that suffering? Jesus Christ himself. In other words, Jesus Christ is the perfect, the perfect sinless offering that pays completely our broken law, our sin, and makes us therefore redeemed. To be able to be redeemed from hell and redeemed from damnation. And those are the two things that we want to be redeemed from. And so as we're redeemed from those two things, through the blood and shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ, then we are able to get back into the presence of God, clean and clear of all our mistakes. That is who Jesus Christ is, and that is what the atonement gives us. Here, you came in 10 minutes late to the movie, and I'm here to let you know what's happening. Explosive scene before my eyes, I don't know what to do. Pray to repent. Is it Armageddon? 
what's going on? Well, I'm here to put those pieces of the puzzle and make it all fit for you. Here's the basics of it. These are the last days. Now, when I say the last days, I mean the last of the last days. If we just opened up a hinge point, in other words, we stepped into what is now the beginning of the 